0: love your outfit. How do you do it? <laughs> Stop. Really? Well, I get it all at Prairie Gardens. Did you say Prairie Gardens, the garden store? Oh, they've
1: always been more than just gardening. You'll find new boutique items every week at prices you can't beat, like this purse. Oh, and this beautiful necklace and bracelet and this top.
0: Let me guess, Prairie Gardens?
1: Ha, you know it, and that's how I always keep my style fresh. Love it. Prairie Gardens, extraordinary gardening, home decor, framing, and a boutique as unique as you. Good morning. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and this is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. We're here at the store at uh, three thousand West Springfield in Champagne, corner of Springfield and Duncan. And uh, come on by. Stores doors are open. You can phone us at 356-9397 or text us at 351 for any questions or comments you might have for our experts today, who include Mary Ann Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, John Weisgarver. Good
2: morning, Tamara. And
1: Steve Brown. Hey,
2: Tamara, good morning.
1: Good morning. We have a beautiful sunny day. Uh-huh. Love
2: Three it. in a row.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean,
2: partial sunny days anyway, so we'll take sure. it.
3: Sun Absolutely.
2: and sun. Nice. Yeah, I was... Uh, enjoying the flowering tropical jasmine i've got in the family room this morning and i meant to just harvest a bunch of flowers and bring them in just so we could have that whoosh fragrance but of course i forgot but yeah you didn't really think about us i did i did i just forgot about you again (laughs) thanks john but there was (laughs) probably at least you know three or four dozen flowers on it and it's like nice And, and it's uh we carry different types of jasmine in the spring when we it's when we carry the hibiscus and mandevillas and all that stuff and really when the scope of quantity and volume jasmine's are eh, in the quantities of what we would sell compared to hibiscus exactly and, yeah true. And, and even mandevillas but they are so rewarding and it's in a bright window but it's it's thrived this winter
3: What exposure do you have it? It's south. South exposure?
2: Yeah, so it, it gets as much sun as Mother Nature could allow, Okay. but uh, firing more often than not uh, through the course of the winter uh, doesn't like to dry out too much, but is fairly forgiving, which is important with me. And yeah. uh, nice, it's a happy camper.
4: Sounds like it. Well, you have great light,
2: and it will house. and it will yeah. transition outside. Uh, so we'll put it back out there once the danger. Of, cool temperatures is over. So sometime around Mother's Day.
3: And you don't just take it outside and throw it in the full sun, do
2: you? No. Although if I was going to do it to one of the tropicals, I'd almost do it to that one before I'd do it to some other ones just because the foliage is small and it's going to take it. But I will transition. I'll take it out so I increase the light level and expose to the wind. But it'll be a quick transition over about 10 days.
4: Yeah. That's neat. A lot of times those... You know, nothing will bloom over the winter.
2: Yeah, no, it's, this has been very rewarding. And again, I that's can't cool. can't stress enough: if you want a flower that's going to last forever, buy an anthurium. That's and, cool. You know, we talked about them, but before Valentine's Day, I think I think John or you brought a sample here to the table. And we typically carry um, two or three different varieties. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we'll have white flowers, but usually it's red or pink. And then sometimes there's we had that
4: little lavender. Purple mm-hmm. A
2: little lavender, purple one, which I didn't even see. It was cute. Yeah. It was. So, again, but so rewarding, and that's what you need to get through these last yes. few weeks.
3: I've had so many people say that just just recently about looking at at the the houseplants we have and the flowering house plants we have. Just need to have that in the house. Just mm-hmm. need to have Gosh, it. Yes.
2: Well, and and, and fun because you guys are always in season, thinking about how you're going to add something maybe new or different or unexpected that you haven't tried before and if you do have any type of shade container gardening how great it is to start to think through that combination now maybe pick out a house plant that you can enjoy inside the home for the next 3 months and then incorporate that into that shade container uh, when you're going outside I mean, it's just like should, what you do with you perennials you mention
3: that huh isn't that
2: great yeah well, tell me about that so elaborate
3: i'm just thinking about open house
2: Oh, you Which are. isn't that Spring far away. House. Spring open house. Spring yeah.
3: open house. Yay. Yeah. Last honey.
2: Saturday in March and the first Saturday in April.
3: Which isn't that far away. So, and that, that's probably going to be one of our topics of how to take a house plant and use it as your wow in, in, the, in a combo pot. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really no different than the concept of these guys often will take a, a perennial and put it in their combination planter and pot just for that different height, different texture, different shape, whatever it might be, foliage color. And then when they're done with it, whenever that is, whether that's summer or fall, transition it into the garden as a permanent piece of the garden. Uh-huh. I mean, you'd be doing the, kind of the same thing. I'm starting out inside with this house plant. Exactly. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is inside. I'm going to go ahead and put it in the container and then enjoy it outdoors. And then I have the option of bringing it back in. Yes, you sure do.
1: But yeah. I have uh, I got in a in a planter in a con- mixed container some calancho.
3: Uh-huh.
1: and it is just now forming buds, and I nice. know it's going to bloom beautiful little red flowers nice. very soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love how forgiving that plant is it because is very it can go weeks in my house sometimes before it gets water.
3: Only weeks, huh?
1: Uh, mm. That's all I'll admit to.
3: Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm not going to start admitting to anything. But it's still
1: beautiful, <laughs> thick green, deep green um, leaves. Uh-huh. And then yeah, just watching the buds come about is fun. Isn't that fun? Yes, it and really then, then is. And they'll, they'll burst open and, and be the beautiful. M- mini roses that I have indoors. I'm starting to get blooms on that. Awesome. I was
5: very surprised. You're doing roses.
4: That's great. Thank you. That's really pretty difficult.
1: Wow.
3: Yes, they are. I would never (laughs) have
2: guessed that (laughs) because they're still living at my house. Maybe that's the secret.
3: Ignore them a little bit. So,
2: you mean actual flower buds, not just new growth on the foliage? Correct. That's awesome.
1: Yeah just one I saw one bud anyway and I can see the new growth on a few others so I have some reds and yellow and pink Red, one
3: in a yellow ones like blue. those little mm-hmm.
4: miniature ones we sell at the holidays yes yeah.
1: actually are tiny that's exactly yeah. that's, that's that's cool. those are fun <laughs> that's neat that's right so so yeah another uh, something else that you could do in a combo plant or something sure. And have it indoors for a long time throughout the winter mhm interesting and so
2: you are you are loaded with information and you want to talk about pruning, huh? We do. Well, because it's going to get too late this year. It is. It is. It's
4: the perfect time to do it. Yes it is. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Fruit trees particularly. Yeah. You don't want to do it when it's too cold, but you want yeah. to do it before they break dormancy. So Yeah. It's definitely time to do that.
4: I I used to love um, when we had apple trees at our at our farm my grandpa would come out um because it was Valentine's Day, and then he would say, "I'm coming out in two weeks."
2: Oh yeah. Yep. So he always did it at the end of February. That was the of trigger.
4: March. Yep. Yep. Come out and start pruning the trees. He would trees. just butcher him, butcher me. Him. We, we would think, "Oh my gosh, what's going on?" And then, ooh,
2: he did it right. Yeah. Huh? Go figure. Yeah.
1: What were some of the things that he would have to keep in mind? They were all apple trees, you said.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So so well for fruit. You know, there's specific ways to prune for for each specific fruit, but uh, for apples in p- particular, uh, fruit production uh, is the key. So, uh, taking out any old crossed crossed branches first of all, uh, and some people don't prune their fruits for m- many years, and then that's where you get into problems. Hmm. So. So it's you know you should get it on maybe a schedule every every other year or so. Yep.
2: Did he prune for size or strictly for maintaining this ideal 4 to 7 year old wood that has spurs that would be producing a lot of flowers and fruit or
4: he he mostly pruned for fruit production. Yes. So he would pull it he would pull some of the old the oldest ones. Out, which were maybe he would leave some of the two to three year old ones on but if there was anything older he would take it out and he kind of knew the schedule of what he was doing so
3: that makes a difference yeah. And you know opening up a, a fruit tree particularly so that there's air circulation but also light oh because the fruits yeah. need light to uh, uh, get mature become to their full maturity yeah and um, like John said, the, the crossing branches, broken branches, you you totally just don't want that kind of stuff going on. And it's it's hard for people to remember that um, too much fruit on a branch can be damaging. So sometimes you have to go in and, and mm-hmm. pull off the flowers when you see, I know. <laughs> it just seems so painful. Right, I understand. It just doesn't seem right, does it? It could be a really good, like, good. Don't let that tree be or... bloom for three years. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> So it, it can be, the but, branch can be too heavy if there's too much fruit on it and break. So you don't want that to go on. So no, there's there's no. a lot, there's a number of things to uh, remember when you're pruning fruit.
4: Yep. And there's great information uh, at U of I Extension about pruning all types of plants. Absolutely. So fruit trees, specific fruit trees, berries, you know, raspberries, blackberries. So uh, Shrubs. But any that k- any kind of information, okay. absolutely. But
3: they have this great um, manual that they they sell that's <laughs> a, a small fruit production. It just gives you you can get all the, sorts yeah. of pertinent you can get the information because it is about what goes on in Central Illinois.
2: And it's yeah. nice to be able to have that manual because it's small enough you can take it out to the garden. Yes, and yeah. have it by your side. When Very you nice it to work.
3: Publication oh. to have. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely worthwhile for sure. But
3: it's time. It
4: is you know raspberries normally you take out the 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 previous years wood and you can tell that it's it's heavier
3: it's kind of woody looking at the uh-huh. base doesn't it yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm.
4: so so yeah each each fruit has its own specific way of being pruned
2: and if you don't do anything on most of these trees or small fruits you're going to get fruit production you're just not going to maximize it exactly sure
3: hmm.
4: absolutely
1: Let's go to the phones at 356-9397, Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Abby phones in. Good morning, Abby.
0: Hi, good morning. Morning. What a beautiful day. It's- oh, it's yeah. yeah.
3: fabulous. It's- it is.
0: Beautiful. Well, okay, so I have a dilemma that I brought in um, lantana trees that were in pots, and I did the systemic spoil I sprayed them off, and they are infested with woolies. Like I guess woolly aphids, aphids.
3: Probably, there yeah. is a woolly okay. aphid.
0: Yeah, so it's 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 furry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, my my question is, I I definitely want to get them good to get back outdoors when the temperatures are right and everything, but. Um, how can I get rid of those pretty good and trim them up and get them ready.
4: Have you done the systemic control that, that uh, works from the inside out?
0: In this fall, yep I put it into the potting soil.
4: Okay so uh, that has about an eight week residual so I would say I'd want to do that again for sure another application and then uh, are they are they where you could isolate them so that you can do some spraying or or hand removal?
0: Yeah, they're toward the top and on the leaves. Um, and the nice thing is, one of them is blooming now. I mean, it's I mean they're awesome. they're happy. That's they're great. <laughs> so, um, but but there's a lot of them. I,
2: I guess my first question is going to be if it's a wooly aphid or if it's a mealy bug. Yeah. And and not that my treatment method's going to be that much different but i if i can know exactly what i'm up against uh, are you familiar with mealybug as well
0: um not as fam- I, i'm really bugs not my thing so how Either how one.
2: how white or how gray white or how what color um, are these guys
0: sure i would say that they are snow white and when you touch them they almost disintegrate and and there isn't a yeah, there's not a, um, at least at this point, there's not like a sap or a syrup um, that I think happens with some of the invaders, like like a, a residue, I guess is the word. There's there's not a residue where they are.
2: And are they more in? Are they just up and down the stem, or on the other side of the leaves? Or are they more in like the crevices where the a petiole might come off of a branch or? Um,
0: Correct. All of the above. (laughs) All of the above. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It seems like they start in the crevice and they're more eggish, I guess. Um, They're not woolly yet, but then they make it out to the back of the leaf and then they are woolly. And some of them are the size of um, uh, a grain of rice.
2: Do you... If you were to take this woolly off of them, do you ever see a, a bug, uh, a six-legged mm. insect in Ooh, this? that's
0: a good question. Uh, at this point, I haven't. Um, I, I did, I've tried to do, like, this, you know, finger them a little bit. Um, and, again, they, they just kind of, like, if you put them on the cloth and you, you finger them and you open the cloth, it's like, where did they go? It's like they're not there anymore. Again, it's like they—it's uh, like they disintegrate or go poof.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> can can yeah. you hear the? Can you see the smoke?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. when I decided to a friend, a gardening friend, they were—they were like, "Oh, yes, it's a woolly aphid in the fall." They were like, "It's a woolly aphid," and um, basically, you've got like five different. Um, you know, opinions on how to get rid of them, which I was surprised. One was not like Judy's where you put them in the bag and you run them over with your car. I was kind of hoping. You're kidding. <laughs> kidding.
2: But uh, that's we, fun. Have a, we have a long-time listener here, folks. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think she specialized in doing that to bagworms uh, yes. more, so oh, yeah. more, yeah. so, more so than other insects. Okay, well, well, irregardless, whether it's a woolly aphid or a mealy, I would effectively treat them the same in terms of trying to get rid of them. But um, I guess the one reason I'm wondering if it's a woolly aphid is I'd be surprised you don't see more sap or honey. Yeah. yeah. And then and aphids more often than not bear their young live and don't lay eggs um, okay. for, for the most part. And so um, but irregardless, we always recommend a three-pronged approach and that's not counting the Buick in the driveway. So like you said, so <laughs> Uh, One is going to be a systemic insecticide in the soil, which you and John have talked about. And again, the residual is going to be six or eight weeks. So time to reapply that for sure and water it in and get that active. Uh, Another approach would be some sort of physical removal as much as you can, because whatever you do, you're going to be getting rid of tens or hundreds or perhaps even thousands of critters that then you have immediate results. Uh, while you're waiting for that systemic to kick in, you, you know, you neutralize them, you get rid of them, you maim them, you do whatever you can do to them. And then the the, the third approach, which to me is the most difficult inside the house, would be perhaps a topical type insecticide. Uh, whether it's an insecticidal soap or a pyrethrin, but something that's labeled for indoor plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people will say, hey, it's warm enough in the garage today, the plant's not too big, I'm going to take it out to the garage to do it. Or if I've got a nice enough day, like tomorrow, if it was 51 degrees and not too windy, maybe it could go outside for a half hour or an hour if it wasn't too windy for you to spray. And then you could do it, let it dry, and then bring it back inside the house kind of thing. So
4: I've done it sometimes in the bathtub or shower, too.
2: The physical removal and or the spraying? Well, the spraying. Okay.
4: The
3: spraying. And then you could just hose down your shower, certainly.
2: Yeah. Um, So there's some options. And as far as the physical removal, you've got a couple choices depending upon how... Surgical, you want to be, or how broad-stroked you want to be, broad-brushed you want to be, as far as trying to get it down. I, you know, I mean, I think you can be successful a lot of different ways. If you were surgical, you're probably like a Q-tip and a, oh, a rubbing alcohol kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if you're uh, not surgical, like me, uh, you're going to be. Ah, I'm going to take this sponge or this soapy rag or soapy paper towel, watered up, and I'm going to go up and down the stems going with the direction of the leaves so I'm not breaking off my foliage and I'm going to massacre them I'm just going to bludgeon them and I'm not going to get everyone but I'm going to get Fifty to eighty or ninety percent of them.
3: There's something very gratifying about using the rubbing alcohol. I mm-hmm. love doing that because the the aphids or the woolly aphids or or mealybug, um, either one, they seem to disintegrate when the alcohol touches them. It's just kind of neat to watch that. It's like, yeah, I got
2: him. Wow, you know that. You kind can of thing? tell that Marianne grew up putting salts on leeches and slugs. Oh, yeah, and yeah and so absolutely. She's taking that to an and, another and, level. And the slugs, about.
3: you go out there with, oh yeah, hey, you know, watch them, wiggling, yeah. Uh, you know, if they're on the stems also and they're they're kind of a, a a smooth stem, you could just take a Kleenex or something, a rag, with rubbing alcohol and mm-hmm. do that for removal and then use the Q-tips which, because I know the lantana is going to have an involved system going on, uh, stem system. So, and the topical application is, is probably the most effective because it is so involved, but I think there's something to be said about the physical removal. Oh, absolutely. Right. And
2: I think you expose because you have to get that protective covering, whether it's a woolly aphid or, oh, or sure. a mealy, off of perhaps the insect that's underneath it. Yeah. And so by doing right. the physical removal, I think you'll expose yeah. more of them to, so they more open to the topical. The systemic,
3: yeah. you know, I know a lot of people that use it, and I certainly do too, which, you know, I, I, I preached it for years, but I finally started using the systemic <laughs> and it works. Go I'll figure. So... You use I, uh, this year, this last year, and I know I've bragged about this a lot. I started getting my houseplants ready in August.
2: Okay, So already. I know, We've see,
3: I, I've never done that. Wow. It's usually Here. no, yeah. it's it's usually the November so after Thanksgiving. Proud of you. We're bowing So down. when I start bringing them inside, for heaven's sakes, you know, no, I started using this st- systemic in in August. It actually out outdoors. It actually minimized the the infestations just hugely but Which then you got really to remember to do it you you have to remember to do it again do it
4: again yeah. mm. and
3: again so probably yeah. during the course of a winter you have to uh, uh, do it three times to be effective oh. because it, it just you just ha- can't do it once and say that's going to do it for the winter
4: yeah and then your okay. your topical spray is most effective getting down into the crevices exactly. where you can't reach them physically exactly. so that's a good way to get those
2: okay. all right okay I've been I'm impressed that you didn't have electric. white fly uh, yeah, or something okay. else. No that would have been, exactly. No yeah. white
3: flies. Good for you. That's fantastic. See, yeah. that, that's a, that's the bright side. There's always something positive. There's no yes. white fly. <laughs> that's right. <And laughs> it's the blooming. little things. Yeah. It's exactly. blooming. And, exactly. and just, the,
2: just the fragrance of the leaves, Yeah, Montana yeah. leaves, I absolutely love that. I, yeah, it's, it's
4: got that herby. real herby, yes. That's exactly
3: sense, right. Yeah,
4: it's kind of cool.
3: Well, thank you guys very much. Congratulations. Good Good, good luck. You bet,
1: Abby. Thank you so much for calling in. Have a good day. 356-9397 is our phone number, Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Our next caller is Connie. Good morning, Connie. How are you today?
0: Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, you bet. Thank Um, you for your patience. Yeah. I have an area that I'm uh, redoing. It faces the south uh, side of our home, and we live in the country where we get lots of wind, so not a whole lot of protection in the winter. Wondering what you uh, would recommend for bushes for that flower and for nice foliage? South exposure, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, okay. So lots of sun, some part sun, but mostly sun.
2: Will you enjoy these bushes from windows inside the home, or is it mainly from while you're outside, or is it a street appeal uh, that you're trying to do from the curb type of thing or from the county road kind um, of thing? Well we,
0: well, we live in the country, and, uh, yeah, there's windows where they are, but we won't really see them, yeah, not really, until we get outside.
2: Is it the front of the house, or is it side or backyard yes, living area? Yeah, front,
0: front of the house where people pull in, yes.
2: So
4: you want to go more towards the foundation, is that what you're wanting to do? Yeah, or? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's there now?
0: Well, some old, old bushes and then rock. So we have to remove the rock. Mm. yeah, old bushes that have been there before we were here. So
2: what and do you have any idea what kind of those what those bushes are?
0: Uh what would be your typical
2: Are they evergreens they or are they flower? deciduous?
0: No, they're evergreens. Yeah, they don't flower. They just they're green. Probably
2: you. Yeah. Uh, it's a there a U or a juniper probably. Yeah,
0: yes, I mean, it could be yes, an arborvitae. Yes, but
2: yes. Yeah, juniper. Yeah, We are, yeah, are removing U. those. We are
0: removing are,
2: those. So are they are they a little bit prickly or are they soft? I'm trying to figure out which yeah. they are.
0: Yeah.
2: And are yeah. they pretty dark uh, green?
0: Yes.
2: Okay, so I'm gonna guess it's a yew. Probably yew. Yeah. Sounds like. And how big are they right now?
0: Uh, well, they're pretty big. But like I said, we're going to remove all that. It's going to be a clean slate.
2: I guess I'm, I'm pushing you to say, you know, should we just prune them and modify it and plant other things with it?
0: I think they've made up their mind. Oh, but, get rid
3: of
2: them. It's a conversation,
0: well, they, are, they are overgrown. They are overgrown. Yeah, so, you, you know, know sometimes so,
3: it just goes so long that you can't
0: prune to get them back in shape, especially
3: yews. Yeah. No.
0: No. Like I I was looking um watching garden answer videos and she recommended like some white julias and little henrys. Um is it dervilla?
2: Yeah. Do you recommend mm-hmm. any of those?
0: Winecraft black, uh cherry blossom ducia. I'm not sure if that's correct.
3: I like I like all the bushes. Mm-hmm. I think they would all be reasonably tough around here. But I, I think what you might want to consider is combining some evergreens with the mm-hmm. deciduous shrubs. If you've had these evergreens for so many years, not having some kind of structure and color there in the winter time, um, is going to be really different for you. Hi. Okay.
2: What do you uh, uh, is curb appeal? What you're after? the end result
0: um probably yeah but the landscaping would look nice um it's yeah most likely
2: i do love flowers, by it? though okay are you going to be walking by it oh, much yourself it. you'll
0: see it all the time you'll okay see it so when you pull time. into the yeah. garage
2: you'll see it and yeah yes. okay. all right yeah um, Okay, and then I'll shut up about the existing use here in just a second. To talk about it for just a minute. They really don't want you to get rid of those girls. Well, no, 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 I don't know that, but I don't know that. But it, it's the kind of thing where I'd at least want to have thought it through because once I take that out, it's I'm, out. I, and yeah, I'm not saying suggesting so leave it as it is. I'm suggesting I'm, I'm wondering if it could be pruned, and uh, well, could it take two or three years to come back to its shape? Yeah, it could. But you take this thing out, pretend it's five or seven feet wide by five feet tall. I don't know how big they are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, and you're going to buy, even if you buy the biggest shrubs you can buy, you're going to get something that's 18 inches or 24 inches around. Yeah, and, it's going to be a and shock. And you are going to be totally shocked with <laughs> with the difference. Yeah. And maybe that's what you're, maybe you're so past this, you're done with it. I got to start from scratch because that's what I have in my mind and, and go for it. But mm-hmm. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to go through that process because you've been thinking about it for a while and we've been thinking about it for a few minutes now. Sure,
0: um, sure. So, <laughs> so,
2: so anyway uh, I wouldn't totally give it up if it's of consideration, but if you say I'm moving on, moving on uh, as far as adding flowers and color uh, in shrubs, because that's how you started talking about originally, mm-hmm. I would consider some of the panicled hydrangeas. Uh, so whether it's, Uh, little lime or limelight or uh,
3: firelight quick fire there's so many any
2: of the the smaller Mm -hmm. ones especially that are going to be in that three to four feet tall three to four feet wide Um, there's some that are nice ones that are going to be five and six if you have an area that they could use some more size to them but you don't have to get eight Mm -hmm. you don't you don't have to go with a limelight that's going to get eight or nine feet tall or or something Mm -hmm. like that unless you have some areas on the corner of the home where you want to bank it up and make it larger um uh-huh. but I they'll take the full sun, I would be I would highly consider those because they're gonna have a long bloom period. So you'll have start to color okay. in late June and you're gonna have some sense of color all the way through August and September. Uh-huh. Um and uh-huh. and whereas a gelia yeah, they're nice and you can get some that have contrasting foliage colors, but the bloom period's a couple of weeks. And Yeah, and they so, don't and and, and, well. and and as far as some of the honeysuckles and the deer vela kind of thing, eh. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be high on my list, but you know, if 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 okay. if you like it and it floats your boat, I think that's great. Um I would look at some of the hypericums for summer color, um for yellow flowers that you know are gonna last I didn't for a while. I've never heard of that. H Y P E R I C U M. Okay, thank and,
3: you. St. John's Wort.
2: Yeah, that's easy yeah. to spell. Oh,
3: okay. Uh, <laughs> that's how you spell it. <laughs>
2: uh, All right. They have, uh, after the flower, they have hips, rose, like a rose hip. Yeah. On, okay, it looks like a berry. Mm-hmm. And and some okay. of them have been bred to have different colors. Some of them are orange. Some of them are more yellow. Some of them are more red. Some are white. Uh, so you can get mm-hmm. a neat effect with something like that. So they'd be high on my list. Um, okay. I would consider... Uh, seasonally planting something inexpensive and colorful like a hibiscus bush uh mm-hmm. either plant it directly in the ground and walk away i mean for 13 bucks i'm gonna have flowers all summer long and it's going to be a blast of color marianne always talks about adding a tropical element to your landscape why
3: that would do it um, mm-hmm. and
2: you've got plenty of sun what about wind
3: tolerance
2: they'll take it What about wind? Oh, yeah sure. everything Steve
3: mentioned will will be wind tolerant. I would even It'd consider great. maybe some uh, shrub roses, some uh, the knockout yeah, series absolutely. or any of the shrub roses in the market. You're you're always going to have some top dieback in the winter time, uh, some winter kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've I know I've mentioned it several times on the radio even in my backyard some of the severe winters we've had. I've had to cut down to about an inch tall in those very most severe winters. That's I'm talking minus something. Um mm. Uh-huh. But they they Which flush out and are four to five work. feet tall. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, listen I, to well, him. Yeah, I, I <laughs> would mulch and, and,
2: the bejesus out of them though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, out there in the country though, because you're going to. Mary Marianne's in town in a very protected part, and she's had some, pro- you know, not problems, but mm-hmm, it's what has mm-hmm. been. So out there, I'd be going, ten, twelve inches. But talk deep about thick.
3: bang for your buck. Yeah. yeah. I, I just.
4: Yeah, and then you mentioned okay. earlier the the uh, the ducia, which that's going to bloom a little bit earlier, where you can get some some flowers before even before the hydrangeas come oh, up, sure. come in, and and that's where we were okay. talking about adding some of the perennials along with the shrubs, yes. so you can kind of have mm-hmm. some color going on from early to to later. It, it's, it's, okay. it's a
3: layer, layering thing about sure. uh, flowering sequence and, and also kinds of, of things going on, uh, color.
2: But if I only could have a couple of things, um, I okay. would have to, you mentioned ITEA, that would be at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. And the panicle okay. Hydrangeas would be at the top of my list.
3: Ducea um, wouldn't be so right. high on my list, but but they're okay.
2: They're, yeah, I think they're, they're very okay. nice. They're, they're fragrant, they're early spring. There's some activity there, but I'd probably pick that up in something else. But the ITEA is going to have the benefit of sun or shade. You've got the sun. They'll have an incredible fall color, as nice as anything you can purchase for fall color. And the flower is not showy from a distance, but especially if you had it flowering nearby these panicle hydrangeas, it would be a complete contrast in terms of the shape and the size Mm -hmm. of the flower. And it would have a a nice effect because it's going to be a small, arching like flower and there's some fragrance to it and then the, the hydrangea is okay. going to be uh, a more larger cone-shaped flower uh, and, and, and would flower at a similar time if you're
3: looking for something with a little bit of height i think there's a service berry in Amalanker that's um, a taller shrub maybe six feet Ish, and they get a little bit wide, maybe five feet wide, but serviceberry are typically have a, a panicle flower on mm. them uh, really early. It's mm. it's fragrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they uh, have berries that the birds love, and then in the fall, serviceberry have exceptional fall color mm-hmm. yellows, oranges, and mm-hmm. and maroons. So that's a that's a nice contrast to the other things we've been talking about.
2: And you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of gut check whatever you're looking for if you can be a zone four. As opposed to a Zone 5, you might be better off in the country, too. Mm, Yeah.
0: So look for things for Zone 4 rather than Zone 5?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily critical, but I think it can only help you if you were more Zone 4 focused. Yeah, good
0: idea. Okay. All right. I appreciate all your suggestions.
2: It sounds like fun. I think we're ready to come over and just... Join have fun party. with it. Yeah,
0: we can bring a chain. We I can pull the... You, I wish we, you could. We'll,
3: we'll just pull the use out. We'll just throw a chain around them, get the truck, and pull them out for you. So, you know, it, it'll be very gratifying, like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have fun oh, with it, though. Great. Okay. Yes. Yeah,
1: thank you so much. Uh, thanks for calling in, Connie. Through. Three five six nine three nine seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. You can also text us at three five one five three five seven. 5357 Yes. Steve. See, these guys are so sharp.
2: They didn't say, yeah, just plant a bunch of rhododendrons out there on the south side of the country. <laughs> that Wouldn't that so be nice? nice? It would be nice. But <laughs> these guys
4: are <laughs> but sharp. They don't have happen. to do that. But, but, you know, when she's going to do this complete renovation, yeah. you know, you've got to start from scratch. You kind of got to start with your, with your structure and... and yes. You know the shrubberies first,
3: whether it's evergreen or deciduous, doesn't Absolutely. matter. Absolutely, and
4: then uh, you know layer in the other perennials or whatever. But sometimes you can't afford to do that all at one time. So, yeah, so you that's just where you just do vignettes, to, right? You have to start with the uh, with the bones. And yep. get
2: getting back to the possibly keeping these large evergreens. Uh, to, to me, the biggest work that she's talked about having to do is to get rid of that rock. Oh mm. my gosh! Certainly yes. the least gratifying. That's, oh yeah, huge. I mean that's and then and then what do you do with it? The rock, rock itself. Garden. Well, yeah. she's got that. You build a rock garden. You so take, take so to pile. me that's that's the not fun part of this project. Uh, but you could always go back to the evergreens, and if you thought yeah it might be worthwhile, so yeah it might take me a few hours to prune them. I could at least prune them to the shape. And then if I change my mind, oh, I still want to rip them out, I rip them out. But at least I could bring them back and try and imagine or get another opinion about, you know, how long is it going to take to fill back in. I've I've seen some very dramatic fill-in, much more than I thought would ever be possible on use. I mean, it's taken three years and four years to do it. But, huh. but
3: More like 8 or 10, right? No, no. (laughs) I don't have that kind of time in my life anymore.
2: I guess I'm putting it with the contrast of saying I'm going for this thing that's mature size to a...
3: Moderate size. Well, not even that, really. Okay, less than moderate.
4: Okay. So, well, well, because I know, like you say, she's going to be shocked when you pull all that out. It's just going to be bare. And then when you try to start over... you're going to want some kind of instant gratification that there's yeah. something larger to replace that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Well, like Marianne mentioned, I like, and it's probably just more traditional, but I like having a mixture of evergreen and deciduous. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially for a foundation planting, you know, for another side of the home where maybe I don't see it from a distance or perspective, I don't get too hung up on that. I just do what I want to do in terms of how I'm going to use that space and enjoy it. But uh, as far as curb appeal, I like a mix of evergreen and deciduous.
3: Yeah, okay. yeah it is nice. And especially it's, when it's an entrance where you 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 personally see it every day. That's the way you go into your house. Mm-hmm. People driving by see it yeah. every day. You know, even the the addition of perennials and, like Steve said, the uh, tropicals. Like, oh God, please, do tropicals. Well, and that's the
2: thing, you know, it, depending upon how far off the road she is. Yeah. Um, like, the, you're not even going to see the idea of flowers. You're no. probably not going to no. see no. the ITF flowers. You're certainly not going to see the... Uh, honeysuckle flowers or the or any of that stuff you probably well you might see the hydrangea flowers Um, but you would certainly see have have a good chance of seeing the hibiscus flowers if you planted some of those as a but you know
4: with that full sun situation Mm -hmm. i could see the the gold mops camisiparis that would keep that maintain that really cool golden color
3: that that cute little shrub five foot shrub that gets uh 15 feet tall
2: Yeah, I would consider it, but I'd be a little bit worried out in the country with the winds and the sunburn too, in the winter. But depend, who knows?
1: Let's go back to the phones. Okay, Michael is waiting patiently. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for calling Plant Experts.
5: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. you bet. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, talk to you about my butterfly bush, which has been very successful. Um, That's good. There's been times when the when the canes uh, froze over the winter and so we had to cut them off and then there's other times when they didn't freeze and it's become very huge and um i'd like to do a little maintenance on it because right now i've got the it's getting a bit straggly there's a bunch of dead stalks on the bottom and the canes are spreading out so that the live canes are like you know on the outside of it and then there's a bunch of dead canes in the middle and i was wondering is is this something i'm gonna have to dig up and replant or how would I take care of that, and when would I do it?
3: Well, I sure wouldn't dig it up. Hmm.
5: Okay, so. well, I was thinking it need to be repotted, or uh, not really repotted. I guess you can't do that outside, but... No, uh, Just, if
2: you can really tell the difference between what's dead and what's alive, you can uh-huh. always remove dead material at any given point in time. Anytime,
3: yeah. Anytime. anytime. Okay.
2: And, and typically with a butterfly bush, we at least I would say don't prune it until after you know what's overwintered Mm -hmm. you know exactly which some hate to say it but sometimes that's not till early june but (laughs) uh sometimes it's in may but um, and you you are very experienced with it sometimes you get die back to the ground it comes from below sometimes it doesn't die back to the ground Uh, right but if i really wanted to get out there and remove some of the dead i would i personally would hold off on really doing much elder pruning until i see what makes it and then uh, if i see quite a few stocks that have made it then i can pick my battles and prune some out completely or just reduce the height on some to where they're still green and cut off the upper part of the wood that's dead Uh, as far as the overall height and controlling it um, you're not really going to do that too well uh, because they they are what they are there are some dwarf varieties that if you decide that this thing just gets too big you could consider replacing it to a, a smaller one that only gets two or three or four feet tall but if it's one of the old-fashioned ones that are common that might get four and five and six feet tall around here and if that's too big for you I'd, i i just don't think you're going to keep the height down too much unless you're I sacrificing a lot of growth and a lot of potential flowers during the growing season what's yeah. the tallest, well,
5: that, what's... The height to me is not really the problem as much as the width it, it does yeah. seem like it's growing uh in because the live branches are more to the outside and the, I, the dead I, stocks are in the middle,
3: I'd take out the dead stalks in the middle see if you can get it to fill in because it it will but if it has the space to do it, it will
5: oh okay, that's a good idea
3: absolutely and i would I wouldn't dig it because that's gonna disturb the root system if you thought you had to i'd I'd wait till after it flowers
2: okay uh, yeah, how I'm, many years have you had this Mike?
5: Uh, um I would say four five. Like I think that. that's nice. great, considering okay, how tough some because of the winters, winters have been the last yeah. couple of
2: years. I think you're yeah. doing a lot of things really, really well.
5: Absolutely. Well, it's it's uh, it seems to be um, protected by the house because it's right on our corner on the west no. side. So.
2: You know, and back to the previous caller, uh, Connie, uh, I would sure consider something like this. We were talking about if you were to mix perennials in, but we didn't really elaborate I, I would consider a butterfly bush planted behind some other things if it's going to get taller and come up and over and have color all summer long yeah. sure
3: that's sure. a great filler. nice
4: but but I agree with Steve I would wait until uh, it starts to leaf and then you can see see how high up you want but but you could do uh, what's called a rejuvenation of and you could really take it down down you know really pretty far because yeah. as you know some years, it doesn't leaf out up high. It'll be all the way down at the base of the plant. So, so you could consider that too, just, you know, taking it down, you know, to maybe even just a foot or so.
5: Yeah. Now that would be after it flowers?
3: It just, as soon as you can, as soon as you can get out and do it. I think yeah. the kind of pruning that John is talking about is done early in the season uh, when you st- okay. when you're starting to see bud. Is that when you would do it, John?
2: Mm-hmm. Once you know what's overwintered, yeah, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I was going to okay. try and prune it during the growing season um, to make it sturdier and less s- splaying out, I would probably mm-hmm. do it like I would do a Annabelle hydrangea or something. So I would prune back once I know what's overwintered, let it grow for perhaps. Um, three or four weeks and then considering cut cutting those stems back a third or a halfway again causing them to okay. break and thicken up a little bit and then just let it do its thing after that
5: okay mm. well thank you very much good
1: luck all right thanks bye-bye thanks so much Michael <clears throat> all right three five six nine three nine seven plant experts live at Prairie Gardens We only have a couple of minutes left, and we haven't talked about any of the deals you guys have going on out here. I want
2: to go. I want to go help Mike prune this butterfly bush. I want to go help Connie do everything except get rid of that rock (laughs) in her garden. (laughs) And I want to go watch Marianne wipe off all these woolly aphids or whatever it is. It's very gratifying. Really is. (laughs) I don't want to participate in that.
3: It truly is. Yeah, so so so
2: rewarding to put rubbing rubbing alcohol there, individual. Wow, time for the rub down. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. actually, you do have me thinking about going home and doing that very thing.
3: (laughs) It's surprising. Yeah. It's so effective, too, honestly. It really is. I know we're making fun of it, but it's a great way to cut down the population of insects. So. That's great. Yeah, you know. Okay, then. Drink a little alcohol, uh, rubbing alcohol.
1: <laughs> With wine, yeah. if you like. Oh, well, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever works.
1: Well, I'm looking at this sign right here that says uh, a clearance on furniture. We can save up to 40%. There's some select
2: sets. I think we might be sitting, yeah, sitting nice. at one of them right now. It's a nice table, yeah. Yeah, very sturdy. Yeah, yep. the previous furniture sale is off, but there's still clearance items that are that are going on.
1: They're still going.
2: St- uh, yeah. Some
3: a nice selection in in the markdowns. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. You have uh, all of your St. Patrick's Day. Uh, memorabilia and items uh, ready to go. As some well as fun stuff. Easter. Yeah,
4: next uh, next week we'll be getting in the oxalis or the shamrock plants.
0: Woo-hoo. Oh
3: yay! Yeah.
4: yeah,
2: I love that. That'll be fun. Greenhouse report. I, think they're, I hear they're doing really well on the geranium plantings. Geraniums. They're uh, maybe either on to the last variety. They plant the ones that are less aggressive first give them. Every little week or Plenty ten days helps. So they've worked through some of the other colors, and then they save Americana dark red and Calliope dark red for the last, uh, uh, the gallons. So yep. they got the baskets and the window bo- boxes and all that done. Most of the gallons done. They're doing that, and then they'll be getting in more plugs for some of the combo hanging baskets mm-hmm. and uh, other uh, upright hang, uh, combo pots this week, I believe. Yep. And then, uh, then I think. It's a week off for incoming, and then after that, then they'll get the court geraniums in. So it's just like behind the scenes. So Spring Open House, last Saturday in March, first Saturday in April. Yay. They're finishing the details on seminars and specials, so I don't think there's anything posted yet, but that'll probably be posted in about another week or two days.
3: yeah. Okay, good.
1: We look forward to that. We'll put it on our calendars. Thanks, you guys. This has been Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens with our experts, Marianne Metz, John Garver and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our executive producer today was Jim Lewis. Become an I Belong member here at Prairie Gardens, and you'll get an extra 10% off on Tuesdays. I love taking advantage of that. Up next is Saturday Sports Talk with Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. Here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Thank you so much for listening. We certainly hope you enjoy this weekend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love your outfit. How do
1: you do it? <laughs> Stop it. It's... No, really. Well, I get it all at Prairie Gardens. Did you say Prairie Gardens, the garden store? Oh, they've always been more than just gardening. You'll find new boutique items every week at prices you can't beat, like this purse. Oh. And-